Uh, hey, everybody, Scooter, if you want to support the show, one great way is to use our Amazon link at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Amazon. I know, like, back to school shopping season's coming up, so if you're doing some shopping and you're going to do it on Amazon anyway, just use our link. It'll be the same Amazon, same prices and everything. We'll just we'll just get a small percentage of your sale, and it helps us uh, pay the bills. And uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Amazon. Thanks a lot, and on to the show. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. Uh, what am I going to do this year? First couple of times here, you might be like, wake up. Whoa, 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 what? Well, here, here's my offer. Here's my proposal. Here's my pitch. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell a story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I think I already said that. Uh, what I'm going to do is uh, uh, try to distract you via story from whatever's running through your brain, whatever's racing through your brain, whatever physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is has got you up at night tossing and turning existentially. Oh, boy. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I've given this advice many a time. Uh, no ex- existentialism at bedtime. No, uh, the guy that, what's that, Zasapruta. Uh, Nietzsche is not, no, keep Nietzsche out of the bedroom. Uh, even Nietzsche's lovers uh, famously said, keep Nietzsche out of the bedroom. You know, they said, we'll do it in the living room, Nietzsche. Uh, but keeping, you know, I would even say, and this may sound controversial, but not for me, uh, unless you've attained some kind of enlightenment, I'd keep, you know, Zen, Tao, uh, even, I, I wouldn't, if I had Buddha with me, obviously, well, I'd say, well, Buddha, I might, you know, pull up that belly under a tree, that, that Bodhi tree, I'll take a nap on that belly of yours. But other than that, I'd like to keep Buddha out of my bedroom, you know, for sure. But Siddhartha, Buddha, you know, he said, geez, geez, I'm into guru scooter. You know, that's my thing, betting gurus. And I say, well, well, okay, well, just don't talk to him then because you don't want it. That's the kind of stuff that philosophy, I like the song says, I don't know much about philosophy, don't know much about theology, uh, don't know much about the books I, t- I took. Or the things I was supposed to, you know, things I was supposed to learn. But I do know this. I, I have trouble getting to points. Um, I, I, but I have lulling, soothing tones. I have an ability to be oblique. Even, I, say, I think I know what that means. Uh, but, 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 pointless. And he said, geez, I thought there was a pitch in here. I thought there was a, okay, here's the pitch. You get in bed, turn out the lights. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach across the deep, dark night. I'm going to tell you, this is as safe a place as I can create it auditorily. And I try to make it, a, you know, a psychic, a, a mental safe place. Like I said, I got Nietzsche, I got Buddha. I got all them, you know, out of, they may be having a philosophical argument, but I'm going to keep them so far away from you. And I'm going to take all those other, you know, mini Nietzsche that, you know, that's, that hangs out with your ego, your id. You know, Freud Jr. up in your brain. Hey, come on out, Freud Jr. Hey, you, you, you baby young. 
and you young light, come with me. Freemium young? That was a ripoff. I can't believe I spent 99 cents on a freemium app, young in freemium edition. But you guys, come on, I'm going to take you out into the garage. Don't worry. Philosophy-friendly zone in the garage. Now, meanwhile, you'll be in bed. And, yeah, your bed will now be a safe place. I say, Buddha, hey, come on, you know, don't worry. I'm not going to let these uh, Westerners, you know, get up in your business. You know, we'll, we'll be in a Zen-like state outside, away from your sleep person. You know, we got a human being here. They need, you know, they have an actual regular day-to-day life. They, they don't have uh, financial enlightenment or, you know, they're not a trustafarian. So they got to go to work tomorrow or school tomorrow. And they got to sleep. So I'm going to take you guys outside. And all you'll hear is a, is a gentle muttering as a no arguing in the garage. You can discuss the hell out of all these theories you guys got. You know, we even got somebody named Gottman out there. I said, okay. And I think Ernst, I was supposed to read a book by Ernst. I still haven't read that. But I said, he said, uh, so I got all them. They'll be, you'll just hear a gentle voice. And it, when all the philosophers' brain, you know, voices combine, it'll be like a chorus of mumbles that will, and somehow through the through the thick night air, as they travel on the sonic waves, they will land in my brain, and they will have to pass through what we call uh, somewhere deep, deep in my gray matter is the gobbledygook zone. And it's created, you know, it was, you know, geez, one of these uh, strange gene splits or genome splits or something, or a cell division mishap. I got a gobbledygook part of my brain, but I finally found a way to use it. So as they, they go into the gobbledygook, it comes back out, it comes out my mouth. But somehow I'm able to take it from total gobbledygook, and I take the gook out of it. It's just a little bit of gobbledy now. And I'm going to gobbledy-gobbledy along with a little bedtime story. And it'll be slightly amusing for a little while. Good-natured is like a good-natured fun for, for a time. But the thing is, you can tell, you know, your weary feet, you know, the weary part of your brain that says, we must walk this path to knowledge and, and uh, aptitude and potential. Uh, you can say without it, hey, take it out in the garage, please. I, I'm going to sleep here. I'm going to listen to this getting the gobbledies on. And you guys have to, you know, I'll hear you because you you, 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 you do some hard, you know, you go out there, you philosophize the hell out of it. And it'll transfer for Scooter's brain, you know, and I'll hear it. You know, don't worry, I'll be enlightened. And because also, you know, what they don't know is they get out, go ahead, guys, go outside, we got to talk, me and, me and your human here, human being, you know, not human doing, you guys do the doing out there. You know, we, they don't know, These, those guys are so smart, I'm not degrading their brain power. In fact, their brains are so powerful you know, they can wire into your subconscious. It'll all get figured out. You know, if it comes into your brain gobbledy, uh, you got so many neurons firing in that subconscious, you don't got to think about it tonight. You don't got to think about it tomorrow. At some point you'll say, oh, skim milk. And then boom, you you know, then you'll, you'll, you'll I don't know. Because, you know, I'm, only, I'm, the, I'm the transmitter of gobbledy. 
But trust me on that one. Uh, you know, so that's the podcast. If I, if I was a brand, I'm not a brand. If I was a pitch man, I'd say, you know, 99% gook, 0% gob. No, whoops, wrong. Uh, 99% gobbledy, 100%, 0% gook, 100% pure gobbledy, good. Instead, I take the gook out of the gobbledy and I put in the good, gobbledy good, scooter. Sleep with me podcast, the gobbledy good. Uh, so that's it. If you're first time here, you say, I say try it out, see if it works for you. Give it a couple tries. If you're if you're not believing me, you're skeptical. I don't blame you. One sent you know this guy's talking gobbledy. He just sent the greatest minds in the history. You know, okay. Now you're thinking too much. No offense, and I'm not trying to offend you. You know, but don't take my word for it. Search, search, research this podcast on the internet, on iTunes or whatever. You know, and and, and try for yourself and see if it works. I, I'm not asking you for anything, other than to give it a shot. I hope it helps you. Honestly, that's why I'm here. And you know, what I, and to be honest, I'm glad you're here. I hope I desire. I yearn to help you fall asleep. Like I said, I got some, you know, I, got, I had a strange cell division or something at birth or pre-birth or pre, you know, in the casting center or whatever. So I'm glad, you know, I hope this works out for you and I'm doing my best. All right. Thanks for being here. Uh, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepingmepodcast.com. You can comment on the website. That's where older episodes and show notes and stuff are. You can uh, reach us by email feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, you get on iTunes, we're on sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. On Twitter, it's at Dearest Scooter. Uh, and, uh, on Facebook, it's Sleep With Me Podcast, and that's where I post, like, bloopers, and that's the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, we've got a mod, uh, sleep with me podcast.com, like Facebook group of listeners and they gather over there at sleep with me podcast.com slash nods. That'll take you to Facebook group founded by Alexandra and Laura. Right now, Laura's our moderator. And I think you might have a couple new moderators. So that's a nice place to go and uh, share sleep tips or talk, you know, say, Jesus, it's four in the morning. I can't sleep stuff. Uh, so that's that. I want to thank uh, Chris Posty Posterson Postal who, from Sounds Like an Earful Podcast who does our music. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer who do our artwork. I want to thank uh, Alexandra and Laura who started our Facebook group over there. I want to thank uh, uh, Meg, Luke, and David who are helping us out with uh, video stuff soon. And then over on Twitter, I want to say hi to Sammy C, Andy V, Alec, DJM, Kate S, Alex, uh, Kathy, Silver, Silvertone, Nathan, Lida, Lindsay, and then on Facebook, Jennifer B, Pat, David P, Daniel C, Bonnie, Julie G., and then uh, sleep, uh, sleep with me podcast, uh, iTunes reviews over sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes, uh, uh, LVA Bear. Don't miss these. I know who that is. That's the uh, official medical staff of the podcast. And uh, LVA Bear says, uh, you know, this is what gets, us, gets you through the sleepless nights. Magical ways are the best. Uh, 
What a wonderful boyfriend. Well, that's one wonderful boyfriend to another. Thank you so much. And they have three international reviews, uh, but I don't have the countries because I was using another way to get these reviews. But I want to thank uh, Retro Verte, Vertige, who said the podcast is a genius. What a peculiar, peculiar talent, but damn it, it works. It's magical. Thank you, Retro Vertige. I want to thank 99.9 Wilson999. Uh, who I said, geez, what did, was that, I didn't even know if the episode came out where we were talking about being, was that an intro where I was talking about being on a desert island? Did that already come out? I'm having some of my uh, uh, desert island deja vu. But, well, yeah, that was on Friday they wrote this review. Uh, anyway, that's weird because I was talking about Wilson, and I'm sure, I think it was an episode that hasn't come out yet. But it could have been on Thursday's episode. But anyway, 99.9 Wilson, 99.9. Said a clever idea for a podcast. Calms the mind, enthralling, nothing too enthralling, and it works every night. So thank you, Wilson. And then DRU1076, that's a brain bot. Uh, probably like a human said, hey, brain bot, take this down. They probably have like one of those brain bot assistants. And they said, yawn, boring, yawn, and awesome. The boringest of boringly boring boredom. That's some alliteration. You will you will ever be bored before bed by before bedtime, and I love it. Scooter delivers exactly what he promises, and that's rare. And warning: don't use while driving, working, or operating heavy equipment. So let me say that boringest boring of boringly boring boredom. You'll be bored before bedtime. Uh, so thank you for that review. I think that's it on the reviews. I just want to get, let you guys know I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, this is a mini update, but I'm really trying hard, uh, to, to, to push the podcast to, to, to like, edit submission podcast to put people to sleep, uh, but to try to get it out there in more ways with the limited time I have. So I'm pushing myself, but I've also recommitted with the sleeper summer to try to take a little bit better care of myself. Uh, as far as far as like trying to get uh, seven hours of sleep or something, or just reduce, you know, uh, worrying about the podcast and everything related to the podcast, breathing, and you know, general health things. So I want you guys to know. I mean, maybe I'll have some data down the road here, but but I'm trying to see if I can push myself a little hard for the next couple months uh, to to grow our audience. Uh, just by, you know, doing what we do, putting people to sleep and say, well, geez, that's that's an interesting theory, Scooter, but also without burning myself out. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that. We'll see how it works out, but I don't don't know. Uh, I I don't even know why I'm updating you guys, but, you know, communication, I guess. All right, let's uh, keep it moving here. All right, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another uh, Trending Tuesday and I was saying, geez, what do we, you know, I got a lot of stuff I've been thinking about doing. I got a lot of ideas for, for trending Twitter Tuesday. You know, the episode, geez, I want to do this, I want to do that. And but then today I was thinking, man, I said, geez, I'm a little bit behind in some of the news. You know, I spend, a, spend some time at work, I spend some time on the podcast. I read a bit, you know, I read, read, read up on sleep a bit. 
And then, uh, you know, I watch the morning news. Well, but that's usually just uh, traffic, weather, bad news, and what seems like uh, propaganda. And oh, tangent alert, I don't mean to go on a tangent. I wasn't planning on going on a tangent, but let's just go, go on this tangent. So for what I mean by propaganda is, uh, so two weeks ago, about it was 4th of July, maybe three weeks ago, right? Uh, now, here in Northern California, fireworks, now, now, and we'll fall into some dis- definitions of fireworks, but fireworks are essentially illegal. Fireworks, as we know it, the ones that go in the sky, the ones that can wreak havoc and make loud noises, irritate or delight, depending on your age and your, you know, but and they're also, you know, probably for buffoons, idiots, morons. Fireworks probably not the best idea anyway. But in Northern California, they're essentially illegal. But then you have, you know, these fireworks companies say, well, we'd like to still make some money off you guys. How about we sell fireworks that suck? We'll call them fireworks. We'll put them in firework packaging. We'll charge a bunch of And the government said, well, no, 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 no. And they said, hold on, hear us out, the firework companies. Uh, the fireworks will be safe. We'll call them safe and sane fireworks, but mostly boring, smelly, boring and smelly and, you know, irritating. You know, because they'll make some noises, but, you know, buffoon-proof-ish, as long as, you know, you read these warnings. But how about this? You guys run the stand, you, you know, for charity, and then you charge you half of it in tax, and the other half's a fundraiser for you. Isn't your son a quarterback on the high school football team counselor? And they say, well, actually, it was safe and sane. That sounds like something I could sell to my people. So at some point they said, hey, you, you can buy fireworks, the safe and sane ones, but the rest of them are illegal. Now, I haven't done any, I don't have any data, which is always dangerous to say. So this is obviously a tangent and not a, uh, whatever, you know, non-tangent where you actually have facts and data to back you up. But my informal observations are that every year there's a shit ton of illegal fireworks everywhere. And I mean everywhere, like in the neighborhood I live in, every house seemed like they were shooting off these friggin' fireworks, real powerful, dangerous fireworks. And so occasionally they might have been pretty, but I got a poor dog, doesn't like fireworks. And again, I say, geez, a bunch of people, buffoons throwing off fireworks. You know, I don't want my daughter getting hit by any. But right around firework, right around the 4th of July, building up to the 4th of July, in the morning news on every channel... Well, that's again, that's not database, that's impression based, but it was my impression that on every channel there was these reports about how all the cities and the police departments are doing firework raids, firework crackdowns. They were doing the exact same thing you see when they're doing a drug where they let people go into a store, buy illegal fireworks, and then they bust the bait. Did you buy some fireworks in there? Because I'm with the police, you're under arrest. Now, meanwhile, just like the drug war, the firework war has failed. Uh, clearly, it's 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 not you know, it's not it's not effective. And I don't know what my rant was about. It's just irritating to me. It was really irritating. I'd say I was outraged, but practically. And uh, and now you say, Scooter, what's with this outrage at bedtime? Well, it's at a point, you know, boring outrage, my outrage, because I'm just yelling, you know, complaining about safe and sane fireworks, which what, what could be more 
the safe and we're the safe and sane bedtime podcast. And someone say, I can hear snickering saying, Scooter saying his podcast is sane. And then you have the guy that's, you know, the guy that changed his sleep with me. He said, number one, sleep with me podcast, doofus fan, number one doofus. And he said, I'm driving an 18 wheeler and listening to this darn here podcast, sleep podcast. It's dangerous to me. It's not safe at all. And you're not sane, Scooter. And I would say, sir, put that steering wheel down. Or, you know, no, don't put it. You know what I mean, sir. Uh, but my impression is that, uh, that, that, I don't know, that it bothers me. And I say, well, geez, either make them legal and then say, Jesus, you got to be, you got to be, you know, say if you're drunk shooting off fire, you can watch fireworks drunk. If you shoot off fireworks and you're drunk, you're going to jail for a week. And if you're under 21 and you buy fireworks, you know, you know. Instead of maintaining this, oh, they're illegal, you know, we're cracking down. No, but, you know, it's not true. Okay, or if it is, it's incredibly inefficient. And then this morning we had a second round of propaganda based on car break-ins on tourist cars in San Francisco. And it was, it was literally on two different channels five minutes after each other, which I said, geez. So, you know, I could put Edward Snowden to sleep if I needed to with this kind of tirade. You know, say, geez, Ed, you know, it was weird because so I got a call the other day. This is, it was a bit, this is a buildup. That was a buildup. You know, that was not a real tirade for anybody. It's like, Scooter, so weird. Safe and sane. He's, he's complaining about the fire. No, no, no. That was a. That was comedy. I mean, who would think I would, you know, who I wouldn't really grind my teeth over it. Well, it drives me crazy. It, it drives me nuts, the safe and sane fireworks. It does. And it wasn't comedy. It really irritates me. But so, but it was weird because this week I said, you know, every once in a while I say, Jesus, my apartment tapped. And I'd say, well, they could tap my apartment. They're not going to get anything interesting. And Nana already watches everything I do anyway. And I'm, you know... Say, Big Brother, I'd be worried about Big Nana if I would, you know. Say, don't worry, I'm not going to do anything too weird because I got Nana watching me 24-7. And I said, geez, if you're working for the NSA, you're looking to name your next uh, surveillance project, name it Big Nana. Well, you know what, do me a favor, don't. When you, if you're gonna, if you're some sort of city politician and you're going to legalize fireworks and drugs, you know, leave, no, leave me out of that too. Actually, yeah, just leave me out of all of it. But just big nana, that let's just pretend. But it's weird because I've been I was I've been working on the ticker tape machine because you know that phone appeared one day on it, and I said, well, that's weird. I don't I never asked why does the ticker tape have a phone ha- receiver on it. And then I start, you know, I was making wishes and whatever. That was folded into an episode a couple weeks ago. But I started thinking, like, if this ticker tape machine. Like what? Do, I know it's magical. I think, or it, it's it, some sort of energy runs on. Not, it's not plugged into anything, and I can't see any steam coming out of it. I've never placed any coal in it, so I don't know how it runs. But I said, if it can upgrade itself, maybe I said because I wanted to put a passive listening device in as a pitch to you guys. I already pitched this to somebody that doesn't listen to the podcast. I was having a hard time. But I figured I would. I was trying to upgrade it to have pa- passive listening. You know, global pa- G- GP GPL. They have GPS. This is GPL. Global passive listening on the ticker tape. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of. I don't know if this is just an American thing, but I think at a lot of schools, 
they have this thing called primal scream or something where at a certain time every night all the students on the in the school's campus they yell together and I, I talked to this person they were having a hard time I said geez I'll tell you what every day at 3:30 your time 12:30 my time I'll be listening for you to yell you know you yell out your window or just yell quietly and that way you know you'll you'll be heard right and it, but, but I was thinking, geez, it'd be, I said, well, what if, you know, what if I'm doing something? You know, I said, geez, I'd like to help this guy. But what if I'm busy, you know? And I said, and it kind of doesn't work if it's not, if you're not always listening, you, you know, because it's a metaphor. I can't really hear you yell, you're 3,000 miles away, but maybe I can. But I said, it'd be nice if the ticker tape could do, you know, do that for me. You know, you know I'll be doing it 90% of well. 50, you know, when I can't do it, I have the ticker tape be listening. So I said, I'd put it out to you guys. But then I said, well, we got people across the globe, across the time time zones. And I don't know if anybody listened to that Freakonomics, the two-part Freakonomics podcast about sleep and about uh, time time zones. It was, it was a wonderful podcast, Freakonomics. Check it out. Uh, it was called The Economics of Sleep, I think. But I was thinking with his ticker tape, I said, well, geez, we could work out. It could be passively listening, maybe at all times for you guys if you need to. Because one of the things about is we want to be heard, right? You want to express yourself. If you're frustrated, you want to be heard. And I said, well, just be great. The ticker tape could hear you. And the ticker tape could always be on. Because, you know, I'm here at the deep, dark night to escort you through the deep, dark night past the threshold of... uh you know, non-sleep into the world of sleep or, you know, you know, step into my boat and it will carry you off on the placid lake of sleep. Well, that was pretty nice. I just made that up too. Uh, but now I'm going to jumble. And I'll become incomprehensible for a minute here. All planned out. All part of my... Uh, I wish I knew one of those arty words, like melange de foie. My melange de foie. What does melange de foie mean, Scooter? The essence of my foie. Uh, the variety of my foie, my friend. But So I'm working on that. So I'm working on this passive listening thing, right? And I said, geez, if the ticker tape's magical, how much work do I have to do? I'll get something metal and round ear-like to be able to hear the frustration. And I said, wait a second, I'm just re- realizing now this is exactly, well, it's a little bit different than the Midler app because this is just general angst. It's listening, you know, what did I call it? GPL, Global Passive Listening System for, you know, global angst, uh, global frustration, irritation, sadness even. So I'm working on that for you guys. And I said, Jesus, is this going to be on 24-7 or do we have to set a time? So, to, you know, tweet me, email me your thoughts on that. But that will be pretty sweet. So I had this metal thing, which you, uh, some people would call a tomato can, a canned tomato can. And then I said, well, maybe I should open this up and empty it out. And I said, what do you do with that freaking... And so that took forever. I said, what the hell am I going to do with it? I can't just throw it away. That's wasteful. So I have myself the grossest bowl of tomato soup. And the soup in the loosest words you could ever imagine for lunch. 
And then I said, well, geez, this is a good thing the, uh, this can't get plugged in because the can, I washed it, but I didn't dry it. It was like it got a little wet. But I'm working on the global listening thing. And then the phone rings. And I said, oh, boy. I said, I wonder if it's Sawbones here calling, saying, hey, Scooter. And I said, maybe it's Dobner and Levitt, Levitt calling in, Economics of Podcast 3, you know, the madman of sleep. And I said, when, when's someone going to write Sleeper Podcast of 2015? When's, when's that article come out? But I answer the phone, and it's like this uh, mysterious voice. I say, hello, Scooter. And I say, he said, it's, you're coming in not so hot. I said, I don't know. And I, it, it wasn't really boring. It was more uh, kind of long and pointless, but not in a sleep-friendly way. But it ended up as Edward Snowden. We had a bad connection because he was on some sort of Moscow uh, related. And I said, geez, I guess I wasn't even supposed to say that. Or, oh, no, he said, don't say anything about Moscow. Oh, shoot. Anyway, no, you know, I don't think... Oh, boy. Remember, this is a fictional podcast sometimes. But anyway, and there could be Edward Snowden of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is who it really was, and Moscow on the Hudson, you know, the old Moscow on the Hudson. But this Edward Snowden, he said, I'm so stressed, Evan Amantry. And I said, boy, I said, Would it be, are you worried still about your hair? And I said, because I said, I have cowlicks too. I totally can relate to that time. I said, I gave up on it a long time ago. You're younger than me. And I said, you knew you were going to get it. I said, but I said, I can relate to that frustration you were having with trying to get those cowlicks down. And I was like, I don't think you had showered in a guy. I said, that was stress, man. You were trying to grasp some control. As Alien Brush, McKenna says, you were looking for a talisman, a talisman to cling to. You know, in this case, it was a clinging, uh, not a lack of clinging of your hair to your scalp. But, you know, you, you want some certainty to get you through. And I said, man, you're brave. And he said, listen, Scooter, can you do an episode about me or for me? I think he said for me. Because at some point I started, I just couldn't stop thinking about his hair and him in the mirror. This is from Citizen Four. And they says, weird you're calling me because I just had Glenn Greenwald appeared in back-to-back episodes, or kind of appeared. And then he's, you know, we talked about that because, you know, some of that episode wasn't fictional either, by the way. Pause. We know about you. And he said, well, I listen to those episodes. That's why I'm calling. He's like, I wonder if you could do an episode about all the news about Pluto, you know. And he said, what do you think about that? And it went on longer than I said, you know what, Edward, I'm losing the connection. He said, I'm calling you via magic. And I said, how did you know that? And he said, your ticker tape machine called me. And I said, really? It never talked. I said, it talks to me. I said, in the printouts, very occasionally, I'd say, what's, Edward, what's less, occasionally or sporadically? And he said, I think those are two, they mean different things. And they said, right, so which is last, occasionally or sporadically? And he said, well, it depends on how you, he said, probably sporadically. And I said, well, yeah, sporadically, less than, what's less than sporadically? They said, erratic, no, it's erratic too. But I said, that's so weird, it's like a Google voice call. It calls you and then it calls me. And he said, yeah, he said, but he said, I want you, he said, could you do an episode for me? And I said, well, 
They said I'm about halfway through this episode. I could do half. How about a, a two-thirds of an episode? What do you think? And he said, be, he's so nice, this Edward Snowden from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Moscow on the Hudson. I mean, that's what we call it, you know, the Milwaukee River. Sometimes we call it Moscow. There's a cafe there that I like to frequent called Moscow on the Hudson when I'm in Milwaukee. It's a, you know, underground cafe for, you know, just people who, you know, imaginary friend runs that he moved there when we got into a fight. But that's a whole nother story, man, when my imaginary friend moved away. That should be the title of it. One day I'll do that episode. You'll probably have to remind me of that because this is that it was supposed to be. We're eating up Edward Snowden's time here. And if it wasn't inconvenient enough, I said, I mean, I didn't say this to Edward at the time because he's so nice. He's such a nice... He's such a pleasant, uh, mild manner. So what's more, I said, is it pleasant or mild mannered? What do you prefer? And he kind of laughed it off and I could picture him. And I said, you know, we got a, I said, I've never looked into if it's a birth, what do you call it? A birthmark or a mole or just a big freckle? Cause I have one on my face right around the same spot you do. And then I have, my hair's different than yours, but mine stands up a lot too. And he said, I was going to tell you, he goes, can you, he goes, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm living under it. He goes, I got to get off this call in case there's mad, you know. And I said, do you think Putin's hiring wizards, you know, if, and he said, if Putin knew about this, you know, not, this is Al Putin. He owns a TV repair shop in Milwaukee. He doesn't like the cafe that me and Ed, Edward hang out at, you know. But he said, you know, if he, if he knew, if you knew about this uh, ticker tape machine, it would be, be, and they said, well, they said if he could get it to work, you know, more regularly, it'd be cool. And then Edward said, you joke. I said, yeah, Ed, I'm just trying to crack it. And I said, dude, what are the odds of me calling you Eddie? And then he, for the first time, he kind of breathed. And I said, I remember, yeah, okay, I remember you do have a little bit of frustration when people are, you know, testing your patience, Eddie. And I said, so hit me. What do you want at your app? He said, Pluto. And I said, oh, yeah. And I said, I forgot. I was going to pretend that we disconnected, but you called me out on the magical call. So I said, all right, I'll work on that. And he said, no, can you do it right now? And he said, do you, do, you, do you have an email address? He said, no, no, I'm not. You know, and I said, oh, geez, Ed, sorry. And I said, all right. I said, how's the connection over the phone? He said, good enough. I'll, I, he said, I'll, I'll put it next. And I said, what time is it? He said, bedtime. And I said, yeah, okay, Ed, can, can I just do a quick, uh, I said, well, you up all night tossing and turning on the run from Moe's stuff. Uh, uh, tossing, turning, mind racing, uh, secret secreting. Yeah, this is welcome to uh, Das Sleep With Me. And he said, that's German. I said, oh, yeah. They said, the podcast that's here to put, put, you, put you to sleep. And he didn't laugh. I said, what? You're not laughing? Put you to sleep. I, I said, you know, when you have to explain a joke to somebody. And I said, okay. And then I mean, my meanwhile, I was thinking, I don't really know anything about, I said, I haven't been following the news because I've been, you know, spending two weeks, been out of shape about the uh, safe and sane fireworks right when the news about Pluto hit. But, so me and Edward, Ed's story went a little, Eddie's story went a little something like this. So, so yeah, so Ed, I settle in as I, uh, as, uh, as, 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 as just like space. 
the infinite space of the mind. Planet comes into view recently, uh, but, but, but now I want you to join hands with me across the darkness of space. Reach out your hands. Edward, reach out your hands. Uh, reach out your hands inside your imagination only and start to imagine we're joined hands, a circle of us, like a circular, circular-ish, like an orbit. Some would say oblong. Someone would say a more fancy thing. But we are a circle joined together. And for the first time in the history of planetary discussions, we are going to have a planetary essence seance. Edward, I want you to close your eyes. And I want us all to breathe together. Ed, would you believe Glenn, I got Glenn Greenwald in on this uh, planetary seance thing, but he can't, he's not allowed to talk. Okay, as we close our eyes with Pluto, Pluto, do you hear me? Pluto, we are here to listen to thee. I am the planetary caller. Once went by Andy. Pluto, Pluto, are you there? For we know in it is those of us who have had many years of experience in planetary essence seances. Someone might say the noise of the planet is beyond human hearing. Beyond human hearing or the distance of our ears. But I would say we're calling the essence of the planet in. And sometimes the essence of the planet must be stirred by finding out why the planet was in the news so much I know there was things headed there. But oh, Pluto, what do you think when CNBC says that Americans love you? When your close-up images come to Earth and people Google Pluto... What strikes a chord? According to this article by Robert Ferris from only nine hours ago. Well, he says that you're a mystery, and as we reach across space, we want answers to the mystery, Pluto. So far, the furthest object of our solar system. Oh, Pluto, Pluto. You are the misfit underdog, to quote this CNBC article, disrespected and reclassified, loved by children for being so small and so isolated. Are you also stirring something in us? What do we project on you, great tiny Pluto? It was just 2006, just 80 years after you were identified that in Prague, D.I.A., you decided you were no longer a planet, Pluto. Speak to us, Pluto, now. When they started to call you a dwarf, even though on Earth that term was falling into disuse, why hurt you, Pluto? But the thing is, maybe you've been disrespected as people looked beyond you in the things beyond Neptune called the Kuiper Belt Objects, 2,000 objects. But you've been out there for 4.5 billion years, and finally we get a look at you. And that is all I could glean from that Pluto, Pluto. Tell us how you feel. 
good that stood your call. In our hands and our circle, all together in the shape of your planet, and we know that we can sit in silence and patience and not freak out because Pluto hasn't responded back to us. You know, even if we're a lone planet, away, far away in isolation, thinking people have forgotten about us, and they said, oh, you're not news anymore, and then you're pulled back into our purview, Pluto. Pluto, Pluto, tell me if this is true, though. The Guardian said ten things we now know about you, so... Stuart Clark wrote this article, 28th of July. You're larger than we once saw, Pluto. 23,000 kilometers across, two-thirds the size of the moon. Ironically enough, you're wide as a country called Russia. Isn't it ironic, you don't choose to? Anyway, Pluto, though, you may be less dense than we thought. If certain fictional narratives are to believe, you could be hollow and full of rabbits. There are parts of you that are devoid of craters, like the distinctive heart-shaped region named Tonbarijo. Smooth plains without craters, so smooth, Pluto. Like satin sheets, sliding satin sheets, or satin sheets. So smooth, oh, Pluto. But those smooth regions may be... Only a hundred million years in age, so young your face can be, Pluto. And then many people say the mystery, the biggest mystery about you is contained within, for you radiate a heat, an internal heat, to smooth your craters from your feet, or, you know, your face, I guess we'd say. We don't understand. Come to us, Pluto, and explain us. Explain inside your heat. You're too small for radioactive heat, and you have no tidal energy. Come to us, Pluto, and explain. Another reason we need you, Pluto, is to know why your atmosphere is so disappearing, uh, going away. Is it freezing to the surface away from the sun? We don't know, Pluto. Please come tell us. And do how do you feel about having things named within you? No one names my body parts. Well, sometimes, but uh, to, you know, Tiny Tim is not a name. Well, it is a name, but not a cool name like you have a region called Sharon or Mordor. You have a region on your moon, Sharon called Mordor, or your mountain so high, 3.5 kilometers high. The Norgay Montes, even after Tenzig Norgay, who climbed Everest with Hillary, Edmund Hillary. Your mountains so high are made of but ice, but how did they get there, Pluto? Please come tell us. And your smooth, smooth surface looks like boiling milk. It's called the Sputnik Planium, and named, ironically enough, after a Russian satellite. They resemble the pattern of convection cells 
seen in steadily boiling milk. Is it where heat escaped from the interior of Pluto and temporarily melted the surface before freezing over again? We don't know. So please come tell us, Pluto. Pluto, your red color comes from molecular rain, where your atmosphere shows haze letters, where methane, haze layers, where methane molecules are broken apart by the sun's radiation but they recombine to form various more complicated molecules, and they eventually become solid particles called tholins, and they fall onto the surface tar-like and reddish-brown. And Pluto, let me ask you a question. Can you see your tail so nice? Is it a tail made of ice? It's like a comet tail in space coming from the nitrogen you lose. It extends 109,000 kilometers from you, Pluto. Sculpted by the sun. Please tell us more of how it feels. I, I would love to know what it's like to have a long tail like that. Do you ever move it, Pluto? Do you think about it at all? Are you aware? If not, come tell us and thank us for your knowing about your tale. Now the scientists say more data will come. But you could come in, you know, just between us, Pluto, just between your circle of friends, like the circle you're shaped in. You know, even though one is a reporter and a leaker of secrets, and maybe Leslie Stahl is here, and maybe Lobergman, maybe not Pluto, because they might not, they say, this is nonsense, planetary essence seance. Well, we will show them nonsense. It is non-Pluto, as you reach out to us and tell us, you know, there is so much faster essence seance communication than the slow data rates. On the new horizon thingamajiggy, just a few kilobits a second, it'll take us 16 months to download. So we won't, you know, no private time needed at that rate. You've got a while, Pluto. Pluto, what do you say when I tell you these things? Do you hear them? Do you think... Of any, did this strike you at all, Pluto? Oh, Pluto, please hear us. We will close our eyes. Oh, Pluto, hear our cries. Oh, oh we, we fall silent, everyone. I am feeling something inside me. A stirring deep within me. I feel a core, a center so hot that keeps me warm. I feel a long isolation and a curiosity. I think I'm becoming Pluto, you see. Yes. I look at you looking at me. What would John Berger say about this 
If I don't understand how my mind, but I sit out here at the edge of space, and I hear you people chit-chattering all over the place, and you wonder what my core is, I say look within you, for you look upon me, and that is what you see. A lonely planet out in space, disrespected by all these say, Oh, well, we know everything about, you know. You say, we, we, we don't know. You're no planet of our, you're not big enough. But I call upon you, who I call across space, with a message of an iron liquid core. I can't look inside myself just like you cannot, people. But hear me, hear me, hear me, good. I'm a planet, and I've been misunderstood, and I expect an apart. You won't say, oh, geez, you're looking good now. We love you, man. You're a planet again in my book. Well, I say, take that and shove it. For I know, no, but I am so lonely out here. Maybe that's why I'm so snappy. I've watched you, Edward. Edward, this is Edward of Milwaukee, correct? Oh, 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 Edward, listen to me. The Russians have taken many pictures here, and they picture you. And dude, I don't understand. I only get, you know, I don't get all the signals. So, is this it? Is this the Edward that ran in the race? Uh, no, P- P- uh, Pluto, that is not. It's a different Edward Snowden. Ah, Snowden. For you will look around me and you will see much ice. Frozen water, if you will. For this golden space. But you know what Pluto loves so much. The children's books that I have been in. That is what brings, uh, you, you look at me, you see this heart. Do you know where this heart was formed? Some might say fiery rain or bubbling cauldrons of internal fire. And I would say yes in some sense. For my insides bubble with joy every time a children turns a planetary page. The young child looks at a book. Images drawn or photographed of the planets. And some children say, Oh, check out the Saturn. And then other children say, Look at that spot on Jupiter. Uh, it's pretty, uh, and they say, That's a storm. Oh, so is that a gas planet? I don't know. And depending on the artist's rendering, they usually skip over Neptune. That's right, Neptune. Unless they say, Well, you got some rings on you. Is that Saturn? No, it's Neptune. Oh, isn't Neptune a cool sea god? I like that. I like that Neptune better, not the planet Neptune. I think so. And then they get to Pluto. And they said, well, let's get it. It's too much of a reminder of being at the edge of a universe all alone for some people. Saying, let me push you further and further away. Or it might remind them of their desire to withdraw to the edge. Out all alone and say, here I am. 
cold on the outside, but a tiny bit of warmth on the inside. Safe at the edge of the universe. Forgotten. At last I can freeze in space alone. But no, the children call me back. They say scientists in gathering in Prague were drinking too much and having too much fun. And then they must have passed it when they were wasted. And they said, send someone out there to check on old Pluto, if you will. Let's have a double dog story for a movie or two. For that Pluto, so brave, the story is rewritten again and again. But Pluto does not care for songs of vain glory, for still I am a rock. An icy rock in space. And I sit out here, and I watch your planet for the children in the books, paging through, saying, well, Venus, not a bad name. I like saying Venus. And if the children's a bit older, they say Venus rhymes with penis. And then there's another chance. No, it does not. I said, well, I'm out in here. I'm out in here in Pluto. Uh, humor is at a premium. Uh... I lost my space place, but I'd say they skip over and they say, well, I've heard about Mars, we could go live there, but let's keep looking for other planets. Earth, we know what that's like. I don't even, I forget, I say Neptune's a jerk, so don't worry about that. Don't, you know, I say, come on, get, get a little closer, let's talk. I got nothing to say to you, you're not even a planet. You're a pipsqueak, I got a hole built around me. Like a big body, a know-it-all with a big body of hangers on. Oh, you gravity switch out stuff, Neptune. We're just going to hang around to you. And some of us are bigger than that planet. Wanna be planted over there. Nice ace uh, be a raza raza. I'd like to, you know. But I say, well, who gets past over? And then I see the books again. The children are at a garage sale. And they may have an anal retentive parent who says, well... Honey, that book's worthless. Pluto's not a planet anymore. And now I am glad a man brought my essence into your world so I can quest across it for people like that. Pluto disregarders. Pluto disrespecters. Count your minutes. For my core is neither cold nor icy. It burns with a hot, hot rage. And time is meaningless, so maybe I'll just watch you. And then say, Dad, you know what? I'm moving in with my boyfriend. He's a Pluto scientist. And the father will say, No, please, no, dear. Not a Pluto. How will you ever pay? You'll never even be able to make your student loan payments. But then the girl will leave and the father will cackle, which, oh, I'm so relieved she's with a scientist. And then the wife will say, do you know the kind of weird stuff the scientists I slept with were into? And then the father will cry, no, please, no. But he said, well, he's a nice, he seemed like a nice enough guy, dear. And then she said, have you ever seen what liquid nitrogen? And he says, no. Ah, and I will have a good laugh at all that, but Pluto's memory... Is, uh, is it not great, you'd think? I'd say, well, if a rock hits me, I won't forget it. 
But your transmissions drift across me and drift back and forth. And now Pluto's pretty hot stuff, but I would say one day you'll be back. You'll be back to Neptune and Venus. Writing songs, I'm your Venus, I'm your fire, what's your desire? How about a song about Pluto? And they say, well, Pluto, he was a bad guy on Popeye. And I would say, that's it, that doesn't cut it. And then I would sing a tale, I'd say, Pluto, Pluto loves children who love Pluto. Who open space books and dream of space. And then they'd say, Pluto, you're all alone. And then someone might say, Pluto, don't sing because your voice is not great. And I would say, what if I scatter dooboo, boop boo, shabudo. Oh, Pluto. Scap papa poopo, yada mama moono, flute booty booty boodo is Pluto. I would say to the people of Earth, Pluto's got feelings and Pluto can be hurt, but I'm in space and no one cares about Pluto. But now you do, oh, ba ba bo 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 Pluto. I said Pluto, but Pluto would end the interlude in case it needs to be edited out for being too non-sleep-inducing. And I say to you, Edward, I was once, you know, just a few years younger, and I saw young Edward looking through a book of space. Uh, uh, excuse me, why are you shaking your head in the circle of sharing? I would say I remember uh, you sharing about loving Pluto and dreaming of being on a, a trip to Pluto to see the icy mountains but mostly because Pluto was a giant projector. And you say, oh, I don't want to be all right. Pluto sits out here for you. And when the press dies down, Pluto will still sit out here watching over the universe, at the edge of the universe, all alone. And at once, Pluto, you know, I could spin you some mythological tales of bad choices I've made. But sometimes, you know, since I'm not a person, I'm just a planet. This is just an essence, you know, essence of my planet. Not real, but also real. So real, Edward Snowdown. So you know you should be asleep thinking of planets circling you, but thinking about how if you're alone, or you, I said I think you have someone out there with you, but even so, it must be lonely. And you don't have to be brave all the time to be Pluto. You just need the curiosity of a child who says, oh, that's, that's cool, it's way the hell out there. And a general identification they say, well, I don't know what it is about that planet out there that I like, but I like it. 
I know that Fievel loved me. Don't say he loved the moon. He loved Pluto the most. And I don't have much else to say for being called in. I was, you know, just watching the data drop so slowly. For time means nothing to Pluto. Out here in space, you know Pluto. Shabba-da-boo-do. I'm Pluto. Ba-ba-boo-do. But know that Pluto... He's out of things to talk about. It's the first conversation as an essence I've been called in. And I'd like to congratulate, you know, despite the doubts of members of the press who said you cannot contact a plasma essence of a planet, Tarek. You can contact Pluto when you want to, if Pluto's around. I might be busy making fun of Neptune, but just dial me up if you don't gather hands. And call, and if anyone says anything bad about me I don't know about, let me know. Especially in the press. I want to know about, please, go, you know, join hands. Create a circle and think of my heart that beats for every earthly child that loves Pluto. And beats with rage for every parent that disregards me. And when people first to know that the years of 2006 to 2015 will not be forgotten. Uh, you know, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Because, of it, but maybe I'll do something you never know. And it'll take me a while to do it, so I'll think of other things to do on my way. But it's good to contact you on Earth. Edward, I hope we push you to sleep with this tale of Pluto. You know, because you say you know Pluto. And I appreciate the fact that you liked me enough to put the pod man on the spot not knowing enough about Pluto in the news to make him look like a buffoon. And as Pluto, we'll just do some generalized talking to make sure Mr. Snowdon is a bizarre. And Pluto, we are in space and we are beyond the stars. But you might ask me, do I like to look at stars? I do. Stars are nice. I like to look at them. And I float, you know, gently in an orbit around the sun, so gently. You know, it doesn't feel... You say, you do, do you know if you're moving or not? You just know you're traveling through space. And I see you moving, you know, at a different rate. But I say, oh, there goes Earth again. But, I, you know, I say worse things about other planets. So at least I say, well, you're not bad to look at Earth. And they say, how could I say, well, I got good eyes. I'm a planet. I see in a different way. And I'm an essence of a planet in this case. And you might get caught up on what is an essence of a planet that doesn't make any sense exactly. Essences are beyond sense. They're beyond nonsense. And you know, I am a planet, okay? So it's good talking to you. I hope you're all asleep, especially little Edward. Little Eddie, Pluto's coming in for a kiss with his little heart to your little, uh, uh, is that a mole blade? Bodman has one on his face, too. 
Good night, little Betty. I think you have let me pat your furry head. You have fur just like the Batman does. A good night. Sleep so to Edward and all the rest of you. So brave. So brave to be on Earth. You know, in some sense, you feel as alone as me. And that is what joins us. You know, our appreciation of it. But for you, you're not trapped in space. So you say, well, you better... It's a feeling. Feelings aren't facts, they say. Unless you're pure Pluto, out in the middle of space. But I'm working on a plan. Starts with scatting. Ends with good night. Good night, my friends. From a planet that feels like a star.